0: The Karate
1: Verse podcast. Whoa! Wow, that was nice.
0: What is up, good people of the Karate Verse? I am your host, Uncle John, and this is the season one finale of Across the Karate Verse, and we have with us a very special guest, Mister Bas Rutten. He is a UFC MMA Karate combat sports legend and an absolute wizard, both mentally and in the ring. So obviously it was a joy to talk to him. Um, I wasn't intimidated because he's probably the friendliest person I've ever talked to, but it's not every day you get to one-on-one chop it up with somebody who has as many accolades as he does. But all things considered, I think the conversation went really well. We talked about the fights. We we talked right after KC37, which was... Obviously, the goat, the guy of putting in work in the ring. So we were still kind of glowing off that. But talked about breath work, which he's done um, quite a few extensive studies on. And all in all, it was a a great talk. So I will let you hear it for yourself. Uh, If you haven't already, go ahead and follow us on the social medias because why not? You know, it's a good thing to do. Anyways, I'm done. Let's get into the interview. We're live. We're hot. Ta-da. Ba-ba. Boss written here everybody. The man the myth. Boss, I watched Here comes the boom this week.
1: Oh. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. Why didn't you get I just I looked that year there was no Oscar nod.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, no, no blue. I was really hoping for it. When I read the script, also, I go, oh my God, it's Oscar time. Hell.
0: <laughs> Man, I was, I like, I reread the ballot like four times. And I was like, I don't see his name here. Ah. It's a mistake. Yeah. But I enjoyed the movie. It was funny.
1: That's what I tell people. You go to a movie, and if you leave and you're feeling great and happy and the family feels great, job well done. That's how I see
0: it. Yeah. Likewise. How's your week going so far? How are you?
1: Thankfully we're early in. I get a last minute thing. I have to go to Holland to visit the family really fast. So now everything speeds up at that moment that you decided, because I decided only that two days ago, uh, it's my mother's birthday. So I to uh, go there. Yeah, what do you
0: do call things. your mother in Dutch? Is it Dutch that you speak? Yeah, it's either moeder or ma. 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 Tell, it's more like, hey ma. Tell her happy birthday. from the I'll in- say that. Yeah. Okay. We'll
1: tell her, for sure. <laughs> awesome.
0: Did you do your cold shower today?
1: I just did, actually, yeah, because I did. This morning I worked out already, did my treadmill workout, the freaking incline thing that I do. It's really hard on the legs. And I needed the shower. I was walking the dog here in the park and pointing here because the park is right here, the giant park. And I got a hit right away after this. I got to go somewhere, so I figured I need to smell good. Although I never smell like that, even when I sweat. I never had that. That's a, it's a gift, it's another one.
0: Man, what a day in the life. I can only imagine around every day around like two o'clock, three o'clock, I'm always sitting there just going like trying to sneak some whiffs in and make sure that I'm good. I don't sweat that much unless I'm like doing something and then I'll start sweating. But otherwise, I only have to shower if I like go outside and get nasty. So There you go.
1: I'll shower a bunch. Before you go to bed, we always had this discussion with a friend of mine. I said, that's when you also want to shower. He goes, no, I shower in the morning. I go, so you go dirty in bed from the whole day long. You, what about your sheets? Because oh, I wash your shoes. I go, don't be stupid, dude. Just say yeah. That would be smarter for me to jump in the shower before I go in bed because you're making the bed dirty the whole time. It's so
0: gross. I used to work at a summer camp in college, and like, I would shower twice a day, like in the morning and at night. And then some of these kids that were in my cabin and then some of my coworkers wouldn't shower for like two or three days. I'm like, dude, we have been running outside, dusk till dawn in the hot sun, and you're sleeping in that that's
1: yeah and you I swam know.
0: in a lake Ugh!
1: Dude, even when i'm like the worst case scenario i'm drunk i'm dead. i if i feel sticky oh i have to i have to shower I don't know. there's no way i can sleep so i gotta jump in even in my freaking crazy state. Yeah.
0: Thinking. Have you ever tried to push through and sleep without showering and then wake up? This has happened to me. This is why I'm asking. I've I woken up at 3 a.m. and been like, nope, and just gotten in the shower in the middle well, yeah. of the night. Yeah.
1: But then also, what do you do then? This is what I do. I leave the lights off. So you shower in the dark. So the light's uh, not going to wake you up. I've done that. But nowadays, with my 90 days in with the cold showers, yeah, it's not a good idea to do it in the middle of the night. That will wake no. me up. Actually, before I go to sleep when I take a cold shower, it works really well to go to sleep. Believe it or yep. not. But I don't think in the middle of the night it would be a good thing to do it cold.
0: Yeah, I agree. We've been doing the cold showers probably for about 90 days now. Like whenever we work – like my wife and I work out and it feels great. I didn't work out this morning. I took the day off because we've worked out for the past like four days in a row. But, yeah. Good enough. Anyways yes. – we could talk about this for hours, I'm sure. Gordon. It's the best, but I guess we could talk about karate combat a little bit since that's why that is why we're here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey. Um, so for somebody who is maybe new to karate combat, can you explain, on a broad level, what it is and how, to you, it may have differed more meaningfully than other MMA leagues? Because you've been involved with MMA for years. Some would say you're even an icon in the sport. So. Ooh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice way of saying I'm old or legend. It's also no,
0: nice. no, no, no. I
1: love karate combat. It's a sport I started with as a kid. We did first. And then, and now it came back. The problem with karate always has been there was not a full contact league. There were a few started coming up here. Chuck had a league as well. Yeah, and of course, you have Kyokushin karate. But there's some other forms of karate that are full contact. But four and a half, five years ago, I got contact. And they said, hey, are you interested to be an ambassador for karate, for a full contact karate league? I go, dude. Sign me up and and that was karate combat. And then I saw the people, I met the people and I saw the, where it is, it's in a pit. The pit, yeah, but it's a really beautiful design pit, 45 degree angle walls. You can use those walls to use. the karate cast, The karate cast, let's just talk about the karate cast. There's so much respect there. And that's what I love about the sport of karate. And also when you have guys who don't like each other, but they will shake hands and they will bow at each other before. They might get in their faces and they say some things as soon as they step away. They bow to each other, they shake hands, and they fight the next day. And that is what I really like about karate. Not only that, if I, I'd always use this example if a 12-year-old kid asks his mom and dad, hey, can I watch bare-knuckle boxing today? Can I watch the UFC tonight? they going to say no. But if he says, hey, mom, can I watch karate tonight? The family might say, yeah. And you know what? We might join you and watch it. Because karate is just that name that is everybody knows. And we know tradition and respect is attached to it. And that's what I was really interested in. As soon as they called me, that was it. And by the way, later on, just to give you an idea, they wanted to involve some other people as well. And I said, why well, don't you go after George and Pierre? That would be a freaking, He will be awesome. They see, yeah, we tried it. We don't have his number. I said, Dude, let me text him. And I was texting him and I got a call within a minute. And he called me, he says, boss, I've been following this career, and it's amazing. And I started with Karate, I go, dude, it's the same thing when I said. And he says, I would love to be involved. So that's how we get George on board as well.
0: That's awesome. When you talk about full contact, I've heard this mentioned, and I'm very new to... MMA and karate in general, what are some of those things that make it full contact versus not? Like if I were watching karate in the Olympics, what would I not see that I would see during a karate combat
1: event? The biggest thing that you would see in the last Olympics was the guy who got knocked out in karate and the person who got knocked out won the gold medal. So hmm. he woke up, they said, what happened? He says, you won gold. Congratulations. And it's because there, it's semi-contact. It's not full contact. You knock somebody out in karate, like in the Olympics, that's a fall. That's a red card. You're out. And that's why the guy who got knocked out actually won the gold medal. So now we see Olympic level karate cast because we got him. We got Rafael Agayev. He could be the GOAT. This guy is insane. 11 European titles, five world titles. Just unbelievable fighter. And we have him as well. Also, he fought just one silver at the last Olympics. You have all these guys on board and then fighting full contact. And it's hilarious to watch in the beginning. Now, like four and a half years ago, when they just started, you saw some of these karate guys. They would land the punch and they would scream and they would stop. And then the other person would just keep on coming and go, whoosh. Yeah. In point karate, that's what you do. You connect, you make a big sound, you stop because that's a point. Referee stops, splits up and fight again. Not with these rules. You got to keep on going. So all these guys that immediately started cross training by boxing, kickboxing on the side because they wanted to start making combinations. And that's why it's so cool to be there right from the beginning, because you saw everybody, the evolution of point karate cars Going to a real karate guys, and then we're going to give it away a little bit because the gets out of the bag anyway. You know, you have Raymond Daniels, and then you have Rafael Agaev. Rafael Agaev, like I just said, he could be the GOAT, he is the GOAT in karate. He's five, eight, or something. And Raymond Daniels is a tall guy, Raymond Daniels, full contact all over the place. Unbelievable fighter, been following this guy for many years. If they forced me to put my house on, or I, I had to make a bet who's going to win the fight, I was gonna... Raymond Daniels is going to win the fight. But that didn't happen. I think no. Rafael Agaev came. So everybody who gets say, they say, yeah, but it's karate, what's karate going to do? He <laughs> beat Raymond Daniels. It's an amazing, it's an unbelievable fighter. So that's what karate can do.
0: That I was there at that fight. It was amazing. I had the same thoughts going into it. I was even able to meet Raymond before the fight. And I didn't talk to him much. I just said, I'm excited to watch you. And there's a lot of hype around this. And then... As soon as the fight began, my whole mentality shifted. And I sent my grandfather, who's been practicing in karate for decades, some of the clips of the fight. And I said, who do you think wins off like the first five minutes? And he goes, short guy, easy. His fundamentals are just sound like he, there's no getting past. And Raymond's whole thing is that he is very improvisational and he's really good at that. But then I think a guy I just knew to some extent what was coming. What do you think? Yeah, no, That's, yeah. that's the newbie's eyes. Those are my yeah, but he, well,
1: he knew he got to stay on the outside. If you stay outside his reach, he's going to be picked apart and he's not going to have a chance because nobody has. And really good fighters don't have. Yes, it's Rafael Agaib, but still, if you don't play the game, but Rafael Agaib said, I'm not going to play that game. <laughs> I'm just gonna be in there. As soon as he moves, I put a torpedo in there, and his blitz, that's what they call it in karate, super fast. And once he was there, yeah, there's a takedown, and he's got really strong punches, he's got really great ground and pound, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, in karate, we have that karate combat. You can literally take somebody down, you cannot clinch with the person, and you can rain down punches, strikes for five seconds. We already seen some fights being stopped that way, so they're getting more and better at it. But going back to Agaev, yeah, that's what he did. He always fought the taller competition and Raymond, I don't think he ever fought somebody as small as he was. So we were breaking it down before the fight and we go, wait a minute, Raymond is not used to fighting guys like that, his size. And then Rafael only is only only used to that. So for him, it's another day in a park, whatever. It doesn't really matter. And that together with great game planning made him win the fight. Now, I would love to see another one because Daniels is a freaking machine in his mind and his computer, how everything works. So he's going to make some adaptations and he's going to be good with that. And then hopefully down the road, there's going to be a challenge again and then they're going to have it for the second time. That will be great.
0: I hope so too. So when you compare like karate combat to other MMA leagues, are there elements of karate combat that you feel like add more or do you think there are things missing from other mma leagues that karate combat had that made you more excited about this no it's
1: different than us right this mixed martial arts that we add judo and jitsu and all that kind of stuff So we don't have that. But if you look at all the striking organizations out there, like Glory Kickboxing, Lions Fight, which is a great organization here in America as well, who do real tight rules with elbows to the face as well. And then you look at karate combat, it's a complete different animal because we are, first of all, we're in in a pit, like I mentioned. It's really nice and clean. The fighters are nice and clean. And these, and I say this the whole time, Olympic level athletes, what I'm trying to say with this is this. Now, these guys come in and they have their stick by rules that they fought their entire lives with. But now they're adapting and they're evolving. And now you see these guys all start doing really well in full contact. Fighting is what we call full contact. Karate, of course. But you see, there's a few little differences that we have. Like, for instance, kicks to the thighs are not allowed in karate combat. Kicks to the calves are allowed. And kicks everywhere else are allowed. Even knees are allowed. But knees also are not allowed to clinch. So you can grab somebody and then start throwing knees. You can do flying knees, can throw knees to the body. Something I always did, three hooks to the head, and that's just I throw a right knee close by. No one's going to expect that because nobody's doing it. Everybody grabs the head. Somebody gets the head. Oh, there's the knee coming. It's well, whatever. You know, it's, it's that giveaway. But not in karate combat. They won't allow that. So the rule set that they have is a little bit designed so the fighters are further away from each other. And so the people at home can see more all the beautiful techniques that they have. And that's why they didn't allow the kicks to the thighs, which by the way, kicks to the thighs in Olympic karate is also not legal. You will see the Kyokushin, which is a full contact karate where no punches to the face are allowed, kicks, knees, everything to the head and it's bare knuckle to the body. So that's another really hard form of karate. And if you watch that, and that's the great thing about this again, about this whole karate combat, you see all these different styles coming in. Shotokan, Shoujo Ryu. You get such a bunch of different Kyokushin. We got the full contact karate in And all these different karate styles have. Fritz Lyles and who's going to reign supreme. And that's cool because now you see everybody taking a little point away from this one. Oh, I really like that, what these guys were doing. And I li- you see it becomes a mixed, it's almost like a mixed martial arts, but then it's called mixed martial karate. We should call it MMK. That's, that's a new dimension. word right there.
0: Trademark, 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 trademark. Right now. Yeah, done. Okay, so I've hinted a little bit at asking maybe some organizational questions around karate combat. So if you were comparing the UFC, who is ultimately run by the big guys in charge versus being involved with karate combat and seeing how it runs from like an organizational standpoint, are there some differences that you notice from the get go about the way that the league is run?
1: You know what you do, every smart fighter, every smart person would do it. If you get into the same kind of business, you look at a lot of other organizations. You pick the biggest one, of course, the biggest ones that you want to take a look at because they're successful and it must be something to do with their production. So you start looking around, but everything is a little bit, eh, potatoes, potatoes, know, it's it's all the same. It's the people that do it different that are going to make a difference. And I believe that Karate Combat it's different, the way it's filmed as well. Like I said, the pit's very cinematic. Sometimes it looks like you're watching a video game almost, or like even a movie. So you have scenes from behind the people. There's a camera in the audience who looks over the shoulders of the people and they see it there as well. That's the way they look at it. It's also not open for the regular public. It's only VIP. There's 500, 600 people there. That's about it. So it's a very quiet scene, very intimate, so to say. And that's what I find. So yeah. That sets it right away apart. And then, of course, combined with all the virtual reality and all the crazy stuff that they're doing behind stage, they had their freaking, we had shows where we go back in, in time. Take a time portal, you see where we go back in time. And then we go to the time that karate was made, like Okinawa. Let's go to Okinawa. And then we interview the fighters, the main people from that time. And we have a little bit of a history lesson there for the people at home. Now they know, oh, this is Shortcut karate that started over there in Okinawa. And now they know oh, how it all started. Then suddenly we're in the future and we fight there. And then we say, oh, the 80s. Wait, that was the 80s was where, where martial arts really started exploding. Jean-Claude Van Damme. I mean, you name it. All these big guys, Steven Seagal, they all started in the 80s. Okay, so let's go to the 80s. And then we had Danny Trejo with us. He went back to the 80s with us. So that's the greatest thing about them also. And that was, of course, all done in like a, a special place with a green screen. But then you can project everything in the background. The fights that you see while spaceships are flying over us. And then don't get me wrong. We had that for real. We were in the World Trade Center a couple of years ago. And we were, I believe, on 126th floor. We saw choppers and planes below us flying around. And that was real. So that was not a green screen, what you're seeing. So that's what I love about them. They're just thinking outside the box. What hasn't been done before? Boom. And let's do that. And it works because it's super effective. Everybody
0: loves it. Yeah, I agree. I think the things that have stood out to me the most since I've been getting involved with Karate Combat have been, A, the respect between the fighters. I think it's such a cool concept that when I've seen any other MMA fight, like, you know, security's having to very intensely hold back the fighters when they're facing off. And during Karate Combat, there's a little bit of that. But I remember the first fight I went to, somebody got knocked out And immediately the other fighter was on both knees, like respectfully, like watching and waiting. And even once they won the fight, like there was just such a concern and care between the two fighters. That was really cool. And then two, the whole experience from like the viewer angle and then being there, it feels like you're actually a part of something. Whereas if there's huge arenas and other fighting leagues that you're just kind of a butt in a seat. But at Karate Combat, it, it feels really special to be a part of it. Yeah, I really have loved that there's one part so i'll explain it a little bit is this movement towards the karate token yeah. where they're letting like the users now basically help make decisions for the organization so like the fans of karate combat are going to be picking like who fights and other cool things are there when that concept comes to your head like the idea of fans running things is there any certain angle that makes you excited to think about like the people who love karate combat helping make decisions for karate combat?
1: Hundred percent. That's what we all want. We want organizations to listen to the fans. And now your direct contact. And the more you start using your tokens on a game, and by the way, you can't lose. You can't lose your tokens. You can only make tokens. How is that possible? Well, go to karate.com slash airdrop. That's where you want to go and get all the information about that. Yes, so I believe that it's very important for the fans to have that impact and to control the fights because that's what every organization you do. Hey, everybody wants this fight, this fight. Now we have an app and you just say it. So yes, you guys have all the power. And who doesn't love that? Sure. There are fans here and there who come up with these crazy fights, but that will never happen because the majority, of course, we're going to look at the majority. We're not going to look at the one person who's going to say, hey, I want to have this 600-pound guy fighting, like in the Pride Fighting Championships against a 165-pound guy. Yeah, that's not going to work. We don't do that. It's very hard to actually also get legalized here in America with the Atlantic Commission is not going to work all the rest everybody who likes to see great fights boom we listen and boom you'll see him. a guy I would win that fight anyway oh yeah <laughs> yeah
0: let him go you see what I yeah. mean
1: you know he's the goat and so you should know But still you go, okay, wait a minute, but he never did full contact boxing and kickboxing and he never did that. Then you start breaking it down in your head and he fought the toughest guys in full contact as well. So this is how you put your mind things together, but we were wrong, we were completely wrong. And that's why he is the GOAT, his reflexes, his seeing the punch coming before it starts, even the big kicks. Every time he saw a leg move, he was right away, he was in there. The fans would completely control all those kind of fights.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. So since we met previously and talked a little bit about breathing, and I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been very mindful about breathing through my diaphragm and using yeah. my stomach to breathe. Have you noticed? Is my technique better?
1: since Yeah, but as so soon hands? as you showed it to me, you felt it. Your I know. Old camera, so you I, just know, I messed it. up. You know, of, put, but this is exactly how it is because this is how we are programmed. We believe that's a good breath. That's when the doctor goes to the kid and puts a stethoscope. Hey, take a deep breath. So the kids believe the lungs are here. <sighs> they do that. I had a person, yeah. the doctor, telling me that I take a deep breath. I go, <sighs> and she goes, no, you have to take a deep breath. I say, I just took the deepest breath that you can actually possibly take. I say, Shh. she works at the doctor's office. and She has no clue. If you think about it, it's weird, but life changing, right?
0: Yeah, it really is. I like, It's a weird sensation because whenever I'm on the couch watching TV or even at my desk working, I'm thinking, okay, I notice that feeling like to me, it feels like I have to yawn and I can't yawn all the way. And so then I'll say, instead of trying to force a yawn through my chest, let's just breathe through our stomach and imagine the book going up and down. And then once I started doing that, and then the metaphor that you made about The vacuum of your lungs is actually what brings the air in. It's not you like inhaling. I can literally feel it, you know, right here along my rib cage, like the lungs expanding. So I guess we should probably bring context in. For those that don't know, boss is the master of breathing. Boss is the boss of breathing, the modern day boss.
1: Say that, but I was just a severe asthma patient, and every five weeks I would be in bed for a week because I couldn't breathe and I couldn't eat. So very severe. But I also did high, track and field at a high level. And after I, each attack, I would realize that I would break my running times, which of course never happened, but only after an attack and it drove me insane. And then because I thought it may be me the medication, I didn't know what it was. Then I went to the doctor's office and I realized that the infection is not in your lungs. It's in the airways that go through the lungs. It showed an open airway, a healthy one, and it showed an infected one. And it was yeah. it. I was 14. I've been working out my lungs with resistance. That's what I thought at the time that my lungs were doing the work. So why don't I come up with something that controls the air intake so I can breathe, work out my muscles of my lungs with resistance. And then many years later, I just started making it. Started training all these years, always carrying an inhaler with me, always in my pocket. And I started training with the prototype. And three weeks later, I didn't need an inhaler anymore. Sent it to my buddy in Holland. He has asthma. It's eight days, he called me. He says, I want to sell him in Europe. He's selling him in Europe right now because his asthma was gone. So now we knew, oh, we got something. And then I got in contact with Dr. Beliza, she's a world-renowned breathing expert. And she was measuring my chest expansion right from the get-go. And I knew what she was doing, but she had to go get another doctor because she started left. She says, this is not possible. And then she measured it again. And she goes, oh, what's this? Runs out, comes back with another doctor. I go, okay, what's going on? She says, if I don't bring him, she's not going to believe it. Like normally they break a record, the chest expansion, maybe an eighth of an inch. Maybe a quarter of an inch, you almost went two inches more than everybody else. And then we found out it's the inspiratory muscle training. It's what you're doing. So, the device that I have will train actually your breathing muscles. People at home go now, oh, yeah, you have 11 pounds. You have a human being breathing muscles. Your lungs by themselves can't do anything. If you can't expand your chest, you die. That's it. Can't breathe. There's not a single muscle in your lungs. Zero. Stick like a plastic bag. The only way for them to open is, is chest expansion. And there's a vacuum between the body and the lungs. And for the people who can't understand the vacuum, just think thinking of it as, imagine there's Velcro on the inside of the body and also Velcro at your lungs. And it's attached to the lungs. And if you expand your chest, that is how you open up your lungs. That's a very weird explanation, but it's how a, a vacuum would work. And this is the one that I always throw at people that freak out. I say, your chest doesn't expand because you put air in them. Your chest expands, and that is how you pull the air in. And once you get that concept, you go like, whoa, wait a minute, and 11 pounds of those breathing muscles. Wait, what if I work out those breathing muscles? And then taking consideration that 95% of the people are breathing wrong, and the 5% who are breathing correctly probably have breathing classes. You go, I was breathing since I came out of the womb. Don't tell me how to breathe. Yeah, me too. Well, watch my world title fights. (laughs) That's how I'm breathing. That is completely gone. My breath right now is just bizarre. I had 182 breathing IQ. So you go to thebreathingiq.com. That's where we explain to you how you can, from Dr. Belize, a world-renowned breathing expert, how you can measure your breathing IQ. And mine was 182. 100 is good. So very good. It's just been a couple of months ago. It was broken by a female tuba player. (laughs) She went over 200. I go, That's what? crazy. It's just all about your breathing muscles. You were touching it. If you use your diaphragm, it's for singers, it's for everybody, it's for special forces. You think they're going to breathe while they're sniping somebody? No, they got the control on the breath, the breath on the control. They just use their breathing muscles, their 11 pounds of breathing muscles. And once you start using that, you get up to five times, not like one little bit more no up to five times more if you stand in front of a mirror i say take a deep breath you do this you can get up to five times more four to six of these shoulder raising breaths is the same as one horizontal breath just take the lowest number i always tell people four so if you walk to the corner back and you're like a fighter you you have to raise your shoulders 40 times you can get the same amount of air if you correct breathe breathe correctly by doing it 10 times that's a big difference. And now, this is the last thing I'm going to say because <clears throat> what happens when we're gassing? When we are gassing, that means that the body starts regulating the oxygen flow. So imagine this you're running a hill, your legs are getting really freaking tired, and now suddenly you start gassing. What is that? That's your body stealing, blood stealing. That's literally a medical term blood stealing the oxygenated blood, and they take it away from your legs. But boss, come on, I'm running, get it out. There's a more important group of muscles in your body, which are your breathing muscles, because three or four minutes without breathing, you're dead. So what gassing is, it's taking all the oxygenated blood away from your limbs and it sends it to your breathing muscles, since they're the number one priority in the body. Now, if you start updating those breathing muscles, and again, 11 pounds of them, and you start working them out with an inspiratory muscle trainer, like I had the O2 trainer, now you see your stamina gassing, because now they don't have to steal blood anymore. Now they're updated and they can keep on going. Thus, your stamina increases dramatically. I was on Joe Rogan one time and I said, You can get 20% more oxygen. He goes, 20%? This is crazy. So, I just saw him last week and I will be back on the show. And I'm going to tell him then, I say, I was wrong with that. And they go, What? I said, First of all, it's only for 95% of the people out there. And second of all, it's way more than 20%. So, it's not less. It's way more. Like I said, up to five times. If you breathe only by raising your chest, you use the top part of your chest. That's 20% maybe. And the most dense oxygen-rich part of your lungs is at the bottom. Your diaphragm for balance, for back problems, for massaging your intestines, massaging your heart, it's all done by your diaphragm. I can run out. Let me see if I have the thing there. I think I have. If you give me five seconds, because then... It's for the Do it. Oh, it makes total sense if I...
0: Show it. I've noticed that a lot of the fighters during like their fighter story, I've noticed the the O2 trainer in their mouth. I didn't know what it was. Have you talked a lot with the fighters as they've become a part of karate combat to help them train their breathing?
1: I do, but it's fighters are fighters. Listen, we all have egos, right? It's a one man sport. That's what you do. Of course you take them as a team, but you're in there by yourself. And we have, like, I would have never used it when I was fighting. You're not going to tell me how to breathe. I know how to breathe. I asked Mike. Come on. I didn't know I was breathing incorrect. Until you realize that you're doing it. And now my breathing compared to what it was when I was competing. Dude, it's bizarre. And I do stamina maybe once, once a week. And I'm just in better shape. Now this, it's just for the people at home. Imagine this being your diaphragm. It's what they say, a thin dome-shaped muscle tendon, right? It has, it's literally four millimeter thick, So it's really thin, but very strong. It's the skirt steak in a cow. That's the diaphragm. Imagine this thing being attached to the bottom of your ribs all the way around. And what the diaphragm does is this. poof, When you breathe, this happens. From that angle, nothing happens. From this angle, poof. This happens inside your body. Poof, That's your chest expansion. And that together, that's the diaphragm, together with the intercostal muscles, the external intercostals, the muscles in between your ribs, will make your chest open. So once you start working out those 11 pounds, so they don't have to steal blood anymore, everything becomes better. And that was it. It's the gift that keeps on giving. I thought it was just for asthma. But no, COPD, cystic fibrosis, sleep apnea, and people going, oh, this, no. Go to my website, ototrader.com, click on science. There will be published medical journals. Just for the people at home, published medical journal is clinically proven what it does. And I can't doctor, I can't pay the money in order. No, that's not going to happen. They write bad stuff about Pfizer products, or all good stuff about Pfizer products, both, but they will not only write good things no, they tell the truth and that's a published medical website so go there and you're going to realize i should have started this thing a long time ago because breathing... i did my
0: research this week
1: but see what i mean and you find yeah. out more and more it's bizarre
0: it's crazy i have been practicing the stomach breathing and then i will be getting my i haven't been paid to say this i will be getting my o2 trainer to begin because i notice it all the time i feel just short of breath and then it's just interesting from like an endurance sport perspective, being able to breathe. When I've been exercising this week, I feel quite winded when my heart rate is up. And slowing down and just doing the stomach breathing to start with, because I'm not used to this. My muscles are still weak, but I'm growing. I'm training them. And yeah, it's, it's helped a lot. Send me your address, Uncle John,
1: <laughs> you know, because okay. I'll send you one.
0: Okay. Yeah. Deal. Deal. and I'll, I'll gift it forward. Well, I guess that's about all. Any last questions or statements or things you want to say about the wonderful sport of karate?
1: No, I would tell the people go to karate.com. Very simple, very simple domain name, karate.com. And there you can see what karate.com is all about. Check out the fight. Check out the fighters. Check out the great guys. Steven Wonderboy Thompson, Leota Machida, George and Pierre, Josh Palmer, Leila and Ali from England. She's a great host. Also Alex, she's a great host. Another great host, Robin Black. Everybody is there and you find myself here. Yours truly as well. So it's a fun show. It's one of those shows that everybody's a family and everybody's happy and everybody has fun and we go out to out all these dinners and it's nice and light and relaxing and most important fun to watch.
0: Amen. Thanks, Boss. This is great. We're friends now. Yeah, I it's learned real. that my granddad taught me respect, you say. Osh. Osu. That's Osu. It. Yeah, you have the youth end. Osu.
1: That's it. Yeah. No OSS. A lot of guys do that. Oshi
0: push and endure. Shinobu means. You and my granddad would be great friends. y'all gotta meet. <laughs>